We bow our heads and pray. Gracious God, bless your word to our hearts tonight, to your glory, and for our edification. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So I am told that there are over 4,200 different religions in the world today. And I suspect that many, if not most, of the adherents of those religions believe that theirs is the true one. We would expect that. If they did not believe their religion was the true one, or at least more true than the others, why would they follow it? However, when some of us who are Christians dare to believe and to confess aloud that our religion is the true one, well, we sometimes find ourselves the object of personal attack. It is one more example, they say, of the judgmental nature of Christianity. Huffington Post contributor Terence Thomas succinctly summarized this view, writing, quote, to suggest that one out of 4,200 religions holds all the truth and the key to salvation is not only arrogant, it is spiritually narcissistic, whatever that means. Now first, I would argue that arrogance has nothing at all to do with the truth. One can be arrogant and possess the truth, and one could be arrogant and not possess the truth. Arrogance describes an individual, not whether they have the truth. Second, I believe Christians have less reason to be arrogant than anyone else, and I'll say more about that shortly. And third, when it comes to Christian truth claims, we did not invent them. They are Christ's own claims regarding himself. And Christ's claims regarding himself form the basis of the claims of his eyewitnesses, the apostles. We Christians today merely relate to the world. We pass on what those claims are. Roman numeral one in your outline Christ's claim is exclusive. It is exclusive. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, letter A. Truth, by definition, is exclusive. A quote from Walter Martin, if truth were all-inclusive, nothing would be false. For example, when you say two plus two equals four, you automatically exclude all the other numbers. Or when you say Indianapolis is the capital of the state of Indiana, you automatically exclude all the other cities. Now, that does not make you narrow-minded. It means the truth is narrow because it excludes all the answers that are not true. In like manner, some people say there is no absolute truth, but that itself is a truth claim. And so it is 
self-contradictory. Fact is, we cannot live without truth. We can't live without making judgments about certain things. This is true, and therefore that is false, whatever it may be. We cannot escape it. However, when it's convenient for us to do so, we may try to deny that there is absolute truth that speaks to our situation. We're not above that. And I think that's what's going on. Anyway, letter B. Truth exists and it has a name. The name is Jesus. Now, Jesus does not say, I will show you the way, pointing to something beyond himself. He says, I am the way, pointing to himself. Jesus does not say, I have the truth. You know, any person could possibly make such a claim. Instead, he says, I am the truth, pointing to himself. No mere human being could make that claim. Jesus does not say, I will lead you to life. Again, any person could say that. I suppose many have. But Jesus says, I am the life, pointing to himself. My friends, Jesus makes claims that no other person can make. And this is why he says in verse 1 of our first reading, believe in me, or believe in God, believe also in me. Believe also in me. That's extraordinary. Comparing himself to the ultimate object of faith, God. Well, Jesus indeed makes extraordinary claims, and he backs them up with miracles and by rising from the dead. And that brings us to letter C. Christianity is the world's most testable religion. Here are the ways other religions got their start. Someone had a private idea about God, or someone had a private dream about God, or someone had a private encounter with an angel, and then that single someone told the rest of the world about it. Now this makes other religions impossible to verify because there are no eyewitnesses to the prime event, to the founding of these religions. There's no other people to testify to the truthfulness or the falsehood of it. Now contrast that with how Christianity got started. Jesus spent three years doing miracles and teaching publicly. Jesus was executed, again, publicly. Jesus was buried and placed in a tomb publicly. And then he rose from death and appeared to many publicly. Then it was the public that told the rest of the world. Which religion is more believable? Christ's claims are exclusive of other claims because all truth is like that. Truth necessarily excludes what's false. And if Christ is the only way, no one else is. Roman numeral two. Whereas Christ's claims are exclusive, Christ's invitation is inclusive. It is inclusive. 
Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Or, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Or, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Letter A. All humanity has been forgiven. All humanity already has been forgiven. St. Paul writes, Just as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Or again, Paul writes, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them. Your sins, their sins out there, are no longer counted against them. Or John writes, Christ is the satisfaction for all sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And the whole world means just that. So we do not preach, as do many, the mere possibility of forgiveness. We preach the certainty of forgiveness. We proclaim that your forgiveness has already been achieved for you at the cross, even before you believed. And it is that certainty, once you know of it, that creates belief. That creates faith. Not everyone believes. We're not universalists. But Jesus died for all, and all have been forgiven. If they do not believe it, they do not receive the benefits of that forgiveness. They do not receive eternal life. I want to make that clear. But it's the doneness of the salvation that makes it certain because it doesn't depend on you and your efforts or me and my efforts, which we could always question and doubt. But it depends on Christ's efforts, and that inspires confidence. And let her be, faith personally receives this forgiveness. Faith receives it. We receive the forgiveness of sins, and we receive the result of that forgiveness, which is eternal life, not because of any works that we have done, but through faith in the works Christ has accomplished on our behalf. Now that, what I've just said to you, is an example of what we would call an assertion. An assertion. Roman numeral three. An assertion is a confident or forceful statement of fact or belief. And I want to make very clear, in Christianity, our beliefs rest upon facts. Our beliefs are, have a factual, a historical foundation. In fact, the Christian religion is the only religion on earth that seriously interacts with history. Therefore, we make confident assertions about what really happened 2,000 years ago. And letter A, Christ delighted in assertions. To Nicodemus, we read this just uh, several days ago on Sunday. Basically, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you are lost. You are in the dark and all Israel with you. You are beyond fixing. You need rebirth, recreation. Those are assertions. 
Those are confident statements to the man's face about the condition he's in and who provides the solution. All of the I am statements in the Gospel of John, all seven of them, are assertions about who he is and what he does and what he means. I am the bread of life, which a man may eat and never die. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Those are all assertions. Jesus makes one assertion, one confident truth statement after another in the Gospels. And letter B, every Christian should delight in assertions. And I say should because many Christians today do not delight in assertions. I've read, and I've read it in several places, that only about 30% of evangelical Christians agree with the statement that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Only 30% of evangelical Christians. Those are the conservative Christians. Those are the ones who claim to believe the Bible. And sometimes they are the ones who criticize the rest of us for making confident assertions about Christ and his claims. We get criticized not only from the unbelieving world, we get criticized from within the church itself for daring to speak the truth about Christ. I mentioned earlier that we Christians are accused of arrogance because we rightly believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's his claim. We believe it, but that claim did not originate with us. It is Christ's claim, and we merely share those claims with the world. In fact, we Christians have less reason than others to be arrogant because the assertions that we make about ourselves is that we are unworthy sinners who are lost and in the dark apart from Jesus. We are completely dependent upon the mercy of God for our salvation. Concerning ourselves, we assert our unworthiness. And concerning God, we assert his love for all sinners through Jesus Christ. Are we really ashamed of that good news? If so, then we as the church need to repent and to become the church once again. Let her see a quote from Martin Luther. Take away assertions, and you take away Christianity. You take away Christianity. My friends, I would rather stand up for what I believe and be hated for it than to bow down to the culture in order to be loved by it. Someone once said, if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything, and apparently it's true. But if we confess him before men... He will confess us before his Father and ours. May it be so now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>